A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. In his homily for this third Sunday of Lent, Father explains to us how God calls us to him in our weakness, just like the woman at the well. When I first was thinking about the homily for this Sunday, an old commercial came to mind. I'm not sure if any of you remember this commercial. I thought it was a Pringles commercial, but I was corrected. It's actually a lazy commercial. That old potato chip commercial that says you can't eat just one. Yeah, some of the older people are like, yeah, I recognize it. Everyone else is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, the reason I was going to bring up that commercial was because the understanding that when we pursue anything that is not of God, we always need more. That if you're going to have one, you have to have another one because it's not enough. You're never satisfied with the things in the world, so you have to keep going back for it. But that focuses in on our depravity. There's a line when I was looking at the gospel again that struck me and I wanted to change gears a little bit. Because it's changing gears is exactly what we're supposed to be doing at this point in Lent. Changing our thinking a little bit. There's a line in the gospel where Jesus says to the woman, Give me something to drink. And that struck me. Because she's going to the well to get something. And Jesus asked her for something to drink. I was thinking, what exactly is he thirsting for? Why is he asking her for a drink? What does he want from her? And we're thinking, well, what does Jesus want from any of us? We're thinking, well, our faith, our love, right? The problem was she didn't have any. Spiritually, she was empty inside. And that's the significance of the story. She goes to the well because she has nothing and she's trying to get filled with something. <coughs> and she's going there thinking to be filled with this well which represents her desires, her wants, the way the things of the world. And she goes to it, and that's why the sister is deep, because she has to keep going deeper and deeper to get something that's going to satisfy her. <coughs> she doesn't have the faith. She doesn't have an ability to love, which is evidenced by the fact that she's had five marriages and she's with somebody she's not married to. She keeps looking for something, but she's not getting it. She's trying to find that love, that faith, these relationships, but it's not there. That's why she keeps bouncing from one to another. She's like the lay spokesperson. I can't just have one husband. I've got to have another one, then another one, then another one because they don't satisfy me. So I keep trying for another to think maybe the next one will do it. When she goes to the well to where I say, something's empty inside of me, I'm looking for something to fill that up. And so when Jesus says, give me something to drink, she has actually nothing to offer him. 
She comes with an empty bucket. So what is Jesus looking for? The same thing He's looking for in all of us. He wants your brokenness. He wants your weakness. He wants your emptiness. He thirsts to take from her the very thing that she's trying to satisfy. He wants to take that away from her because until she lets go of these things, until she hands over her brokenness, until she hands over her sinfulness, until she turns over to Jesus the emptiness with inside of her, she can't be filled with the very thing that she most wants. And that is that love and goodness. And when Jesus says, give me something to drink, He said, hand over to me those things that are keeping you from experiencing the beauty of what you keep longing for and are never getting. Give to me these broken relationships. These lustful passions, these disordered affections. Give to me your sinful past. Give to me your weakened heart, your brokenness. I want it. I want it. And we start to understand that that's what Jesus is asking for in this gospel message. It changes our whole view of Lent. It helps us to understand why there's so much emphasis on us focusing on our sinfulness in the first few weeks. It's because we need to be able to have those things in our hands to be able to turn them over to the one who wants them. We can't be filled with the good of God if our heart is filled with the things that are not of God. We can't be healed of our brokenness if we don't turn that brokenness over to Him. We can't give over a faith that we don't possess. We can't hand over a love that we haven't yet received. We can't give a goodness that's not yet a part of us. And Jesus says, give that emptiness to me and I'll fill you with something greater. And that's what He wants to do for us. Notice that Jesus goes to the well when? At noontime. The hottest part of the day in the Middle East. Why would he go there at noontime? Nobody goes to the well at noontime. It's too hot. But the woman goes there. Why? Because she knows nobody else is going to be there. So she's trying to hide her sinfulness from the rest of the world. Which is what we try and do. We want to hide our sins in the world. We don't want anyone to know about it, but we keep going back to them. She goes back to this well to try and get satisfied once again for something that never has worked. But she thinks, maybe this time, I'll feel a little relief. And know who's waiting for her? Jesus. In the midst of her weakness and trying to run away. Jesus is there in the very place that she runs. He's standing in the midst of her emptiness. He's meeting her in her place of loneliness. He's welcoming her in her deepest sin. And the disciples don't understand this because she's a Samaritan woman. And she doesn't even understand it herself. If you understood the history, Samaritans were of the northern kingdom that 
broken away from the south. The Jews and the Samaritans had bad blood between them. They didn't like each other. And any person who encountered a Samaritan woman who was Jew became ritually unclean. And yet Jesus not only embraces this woman, he gathers her in. Because he wants to make her clean. And he asks her to turn over the one thing that she doesn't want to let go of. She holds on to her bucket. She tries to make excuses. Oh, my ancestor was Jacob and he built this well and we worship on this mountain. And she tried to in some way try to impress upon Jesus her goodness and Jesus sees right through it. So he says, you people worship what you do not understand. And he calls her out. And he says, I know your weakness, your failures. He wasn't trying to make her feel guilty. He was trying to make her recognize that the one thing that she's running away from is the one thing that she needs to gather up. It's the one thing that Jesus wants. Before we can give Jesus our heart, we have to give him that which breaks it. And he stands there longing for this. He thirsts for it. And that's what this moment of Lent is about. It's trying to change our whole behavior. Trying to realize that our depravity is not about looking down at ourselves, but looking up at God. It's about realizing that our weaknesses are not meant to crush us, but they're a way to elevate us and turn them over to Christ. It's a way of starting to lose in this moment and realize the beauty of the Lenten season is not about guilt, it's about glory. But we can't get to the glory until we turn over the guilt. We can't get to the heart of Christ until we open ourselves up to the love of Christ. And if we're too busy holding on to our sins, our weakness, our loneliness, our brokenness, we have no hands available to hold on to the vessel that God wants to give us. First reading today, notice the Israelites complaining, way, 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 God, we were just free from Egypt and they start complaining in the desert. We don't trust you, God. When are you going to do something for us, God? We're tired, we're thirsty. Where are you, God? Are you just going to let us die out here in the desert? In the moment of their weakness, God comes to them. In their time of lack of faith, God approaches them. When they themselves stop believing in God, God continues to believe in them. And He comes to them in their loneliness to say, this is what you need to give to me. Then you can be filled with what I want to give to you. And that's what he's asking of this woman, and that's what he's asking of us. And this woman finally starts to get it. She finally starts to realize that I have to turn over these things, and it opens her heart up to the beauty of God's love. Notice in the Gospel what it says, she left her vessel at the well. That line is significant because she said the very thing that she's 
plunged to her emptiness, the emptiness of her heart, that empty vessel, she leaves it with Jesus at the well. And then she goes back to tell people, I found something that all my husbands couldn't give, and my boyfriend is not. She finally started realizing that when she turns over the emptiness that's inside of her, then she starts to become filled with the beauty of God's love, and then she wants to rejoice in that wonder. Now this woman who's running away from everybody else who didn't want to be seen, the same woman who everyone thought was a tramp, stands in the face of everybody else and says, Come, follow me. I think I have found the Christ. And when we turn over our weakness, our sinfulness, our darkness, we turn them over to Jesus, we too can become something that is so changed in heart that we can stand before others, proud of the beauty that we've received, glorified of the gift that we have, and no longer looking down on ourselves as a weakened sinner, but looking at ourselves as a saved child of God. In this Lenten season, at this point, we start to make a, trans a progression of faith. We started this moment in the third week, and the Sunday's Gospel next week, and the following week continues this theme. And the depravity is only getting worse, but the response of faith is only getting better. And Jesus' mercy is getting more powerful. And that's what's happening. We spend the first couple of weeks seeing our own sinfulness, and now we're at a point where we turn that sinfulness over to God and say, you take it. And He wants it. Because He's the only person who can take it. He's the only one that can remove the emptiness of our hearts and fill it with something greater. And until we realize that there's nothing in this world that will satisfy us like God, until we realize there's nothing in this world that can heal us of God, until we realize that we'll never, ever be content, until we rest in God, we will continue to be this woman running back to the well, time and again, trying to fill ourselves with something and never being satisfied. And Jesus longs to satisfy us. And as long as we are thirsting for something, God is thirsting as well. We have no right to hold on to our emptiness. We have no right to hold on to our weakness. We have no right to hold on to our sinfulness. We have no right to hold on to our brokenness because Jesus paid for it. He did that so He could have it. He did that. But we don't need it. He thirsts the lowliest part of ourselves so we can start to thirst the greatest part of Him. Start to realize until we handle our brokenness, He can't heal it. Until we give Him our emptiness, 
until we give our sin and go forgiveness. It's the greatest and most unfair exchange we'll ever experience. We give Jesus the worst of ourselves. And he gives us the best of himself. That is the beauty of Lent. That is our gift.